0: You're on the air. Don't say anything crazy.
1: Boom, and we're live. Welcome to another episode of Bro Best Talk. This is podcast 13. Unlucky for some, those include Trump, because Biden's in what well, it looks like anyway, according to everyone but Trump brotherly bear what's the reaction in the north american (laughs) continent have you felt the shockwaves reverberating in canada yet
0: i've felt i've felt them like an earthquake coming through the ground the epicenter in washington (laughs) dc reverberating through the midwest and crashing across the canadian border (laughs) i feel it in my veins it's absolutely wild biden he's got it trump won't admit it pow
1: biden's in (laughs) pow no, I think, I think on the whole, people I know and I'm proud to know are actually happy about this result. Um, I think yourself included, Brother Bear. I don't think people could bear another four years of this man. I think we could have been forgiven in 2016 for not really knowing what we were going to get with Trump because we'd only ever seen him in sort of a TV personality capacity. And, you know, it's all about pomp and... Um, Making out things bigger than they really are and being dramatic and all that, but unfortunately, all of that translated into the presidency. There was no filter, especially the Twitter feed, <laughs> that was a constant source of entertainment for four years. In some ways, I'm going to miss that in a, in a yeah, dark way. I, th- I think
0: in a dark sort of um, chaotic way. Um, I, th- I think um, I think a lot of people will miss that. It's it's been four years of erratic. Um, signals really i mean we've had so so much of an up and down what with the tweets and how they influence the economy and how they influence everyone's mood immigration policy you know and and how comfortable people feel being americans and identifying as american um it's just been such a roller coaster and i'm not gonna lie i'm very happy that that roller coaster has (laughs) come to an end (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think on the whole, it's been a difficult four years
1: for a lot of people, although Trump has had his odd, um, I suppose, policies that have actually inadvertently been good ones. In my opinion, one of them, or rather initiatives, um, particularly around funding NASA and putting a small robust budget into NASA and going for the moon. I think by 2024, at least, that's what I believe was publicized on the NASA website. Yeah, so um, that's right. Uh, for all of his shortcomings, there is the, a smattering of good, well-intentioned things. I don't know whether they're well-intentioned, <laughs> but I think the the end <laughs> yeah. result, nonetheless, is, is a good one. Um, and hopefully, it will only inspire Mr. Musk and others to uh, go for the moonshot,
0: as well as Mars. Go for that moonshot and that Mars shot. Boom! <laughs> yeah I th- I think that the um a, a lot of because I, I know quite a few hardcore conservative people out here in Alberta um and they were still staunchly anti-Trump because the thing about a lot of conservative individuals and conservative thought is it revolves around maintaining the vibrancy and efficiency of the economy and trump even though he represented you know the far right-wing camp um the erratic nature of his leadership if you could even call it leadership um led to probably more harm than good i'd say in the the contours of the economy and i mean the global economy i don't just mean the american economy but certain tariffs um not just with china um but but with canada um and and with a lot of other countries i mean people forget that Trump was very anti-free trade. Um, So we pissed off a lot of Republicans and a lot of libertarians for taking that stance. And just, I think, if if someone's tweeting um, and sending out really aggressive signals about this company or that individual, and it just makes the value of a particular stock just plummet or skyrocket, um, I don't think that's a very healthy state for any economy to be in. To just sort of be at, yeah. be at the behest of a man-child. And <laughs> <laughs> to the whims and tantrums of a man-child. Mm. It reminds me
1: probably, I was only ever in that kind of a state personally when I lost a Monopoly game. I don't know about
0: you. <laughs> no, for me, for me it was Scrabble, <laughs> but I totally know what you're talking about. <laughs> Far more sophisticated and educated game.
1: Well, I don't know. I, I I am getting into property now, so um, that might just have something to do with it. <laughs> but but yeah. no, I I it it is I suppose an unhealthy thing on the macro scale. If you really look at the big picture of him pushing America to be an ever more insular um, country in terms of its outreach and engagement with international trade, I think it's a shame because I almost see that as the next stepping stone to moving to an ever more globalized world. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I think it's affiliated with sort of the Clintons, the globalists. The globalists. And this kind of one The megabags. Um, <laughs> the globalists, the um, conspiracy theorists, where it won one new world order and all that rubbish. But I, I think there's an awful lot to be gained by an ever more fluid borders and borders and almost a borderless world. Hmm. I think we've got far more to gain from the collaboration as opposed to being insular. I don't think much has ever been achieved through an insular silo approach.
0: No, I I think history has proven that free movement or fairly unfettered movement um of peop- unfettered. people and It's one of your favorite words is unfettered it? i've got a fetish for the unfettered <laughs> um <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say that the the unfettered movement of of people and and services and you know bartering trade goods everything has always led to prosperity um i mean you look at the history of the united states um you look at the development of jurisdictions like hong kong um and even aspects of the eu um is it's proven that the you know loosening restrictions um on the the importance of, of that line in the sand that we call a border has only really led to to freedom and prosperity
1: right and that divisive development of technologies in particular has already manifest particularly in the um, world of 5g and you know certain countries particularly along political um, alliesmanship, if that's even a word, have sort of rejected 5G, particularly from the vendors such as Huawei, on the grounds of sort of political, um, I suppose, friendship and established relationships, the UK being a prime example of that. Mm. And so I think you're almost got a branching off of Western and Eastern technologies with China being representing the Eastern side and then Western technologies sort of playing catch up now with the likes of Ericsson trying to supposed to play catch up to the market leader which is huawei in the 5g 5g world Mm. but it's an interesting thing and i think we stand to lose a lot of years and decades potentially in terms of what we could have had with technology Mm. if we continue down this path of xyloing because that's not the the scientific method scientific method is based and fundamentally yeah founded on collaboration and the spirit of
0: collaboration and the spirit of openness and sharing ideas yeah absolutely i mean you look at every innovation um that's you know come out come out of the world um and and it's usually come out of some kind of international collaboration um maybe that's collaboration of ideas taking ideas and innovations from different countries bringing in different workforces that may have skill sets that your system hasn't you know endowed so i think i think it's only a good thing and i think the issue the issue with uh, the trump administration um is that it puts so much of an emphasis on America first, um, America first, America first. And I understand why that was palatable to the American population at the time. Don't get me wrong. Like, under the Trump presidency, I spent a lot of time working in America, you know, in the events industry, going over there, working directly with Americans. And I met many a Trump supporter who was intelligent, intellectual, uh, compassionate, you know, all the things that liberals like to say that they're not. Um, you know, so I wanna I wanna put out there right now that I don't I don't think that people that voted for him are necessarily stupid or racist. Um I think that that's that's an idea that's sort of a, a delineation um that kind of divides America more. But that being said, the the presidency of Donald Trump did lead to more division Um, It led to I'd say a politics of maybe a politics of hate or a politics of um, sort of distasteful, um, distasteful slandering. Um, and, And generally, I think it set America more apart from the rest of the world, which is ultimately not a good thing for the American people.
1: Definitely. There's almost been, like you say, almost two layers to the divisions, the global divisions between countries and severing of previously healthy ties with China, for example, being the prime example. And then you're right, there's almost a second lower level uh, divide with America in and of itself and the divide between Democrat and Republican being I suppose more pronounced than ever and in fact if you look at some of the statistics less people than in 90, a lot less people than in 1992 and now identifying with the middle ground mm. and so what you've essentially endo- ended up with, where you had like a nice sort of bell-shaped distribution from left to right you've ended up with sort of a hollowed out center and you've ended up with sort of the two peaks mm. when in the sort of far left and far right camps mm. which is a shame because you've ended up essentially with a more divided America mm
0: yeah i think so
1: and that's one of the unfortunate legacies of trump and potentially you'd argue an
0: inevitable legacy of trump exactly and and that's that's why i'm pleased about the result because taking out ideology from from the equation completely i think that another four years would have just harshened and and, you know intensified the divisions that are already there um and i think america's i mean britain's so divided america's so divided um and some would argue that social media, the echo chamber effect, um, the state of affairs between people right now, misinformation, fill in the blank, is going to cause division, whatever. I do believe, though, that Trump was and has been, a, a, and will continue to be for the next two months, a catalyst for that division um, and the the general um, espousing of, of misinformation. So in that sense, you know, Taking ideology out of it, taking Republican and Democratic ideas out of the whole equation, I'm happy that he's out. As an individual, I'm happy that he's going to be out of the equation. Yeah, agreed. I think he's going to try and whip up
1: the division, if anything, because he's just trying to... will try and create chaos every and each way he can, just to mm. mess up the establishment and what the due process is now that Biden's got the votes he needs and the, the states he needs. Um, mm. And... Yeah, I mean, the whole shebang about him coming out and saying or having allegations, serious allegations and accusations of election fraud and insisting that he will never give up, just just crazy. Uh, but then again, I probably haven't seen something like this in my lifetime. I obviously knew about the uh, Gore and Bush uh, and then a fiasco and the whole intervention from the um, Supreme Court and hopefully it won't come to that, but you can see where Trump's angling this because he's elected, like we talked about in our last podcast, that many more mm. um, Supreme Court judges, three altogether, I believe. And yep. therefore has potentially a bit of leverage there, an unhealthy leverage, which shouldn't exist at all.
0: He definitely has an unhealthy leverage. I mean, we're, we're now looking at a six to three um, far right or, or generally conservative majority in the Supreme Court um i think it's good to have a healthy mix but i'm again as i would question the house of lords in the parliamentary systems of the world i'm skeptical and concerned about any system whereby um, people in positions of power appoint the members that make laws and make big constitutional decisions Um, they should be elected they shouldn't be appointed and this is the issue with the supreme court it wouldn't have been an issue if the Supreme Court had continued how it had been up until the year 2000 whereby It was all about interpreting the Constitution And you had people on the left that would come to right-wing decisions and people on the right come to left-wing decisions But the Supreme Court can no longer be trusted as nonpartisan It's, it's right. It's supposed to be the law of the land. The one um, aspect of America's separation of powers that mm. is nonpartisan and purely seeks truth logic And justice for all but it that's that changed under Bush it was intensified under Obama and even more so under Trump so yeah there's a concerning amount of leverage um, that he may have in in sort of derailing the process which I think would be a real shame
1: yeah absolutely and I mean this isn't a great advert for American democracy supposedly the bastion and sort of best example of democracy globally I mean there was that one tweet I think from a Japanese minister who said? Uh, tweeted along the lines of, "Am I the only one seeing this and thinking, what kind of a dictatorship is this? <laughs> Where has our role model for democracy gone?"
0: Well, Ralph Nader said it perfectly. America is a two-party dictatorship.
1: <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, it's not. It's, it's probably showing its are rearing its ugly face more than ever right now.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't. I don't want to be too harsh on America because actually, um, in terms of how it delivers federalism in terms of how it maintains a separation of powers it's actually one of the most if not the most democratic western countries out there i'd say it's up there with countries like germany and switzerland in how an individual's wishes um are reflected in government um you know, and I suppose you can say what you will about lobbying, but that seems to be an aspect of crony capitalism, and that seems to exist in in every monetarist country um yeah, but um you know, looking purely at how the system runs in America um it is highly democratic um, again, we're not talking about right or left here, we're talking about how much individuals' wishes are transferred uh well. two two elected elites, essentially. Um, But so saying that, I think we're at a scary juncture here um, in the trajectory of American democracy, um, whereby one individual has placed in the Supreme Court um, basically a third of the judges. Um, They're very aligned to his way of thinking, and now he's talking about derailing the selection result, and that's based on completely manufactured and unfounded claims
1: yeah you can see that's where his strategy is going isn't it it's getting it to the supreme court and then hoping it won't be as bipartisan as it should be and then getting him the leanings that he needs um but yeah i mean it doesn't it's not the best example of american democracy and it's not being exemplified in its best light at the minute and i think we've talked about this in the past about how just the sheer volumes and rising levels of information uptake individually a sort of I feel at least impeding our capacity to sort of interpret reality accurately mm-hmm. and so that ability to interpret reality accurately is diminished just by the sheer volumes and our we almost our brains get fried because I truly believe we've hit a glass ceiling in terms of information uptake at which point we start to conceive of and associate with more simplistic models of the world which are sort of Comforting and simplistic in there and so kind of in that amidst that delirium of highly nuanced reality Which is what reality really is. There is always a high level of nuance We kind of do seek refuge in these simplistic comforting identity based tribes as a coping mechanism. Mm. And I feel like that's potentially why America's never got beyond sort of a two-party system and why you've seen the divide you have
0: That's a very very astute point it it's almost like this division has been fueled because people want to identify with a very firm set of beliefs, um, perhaps a very extreme set of beliefs with little nuance because the amount of, the sheer volume of information that's been spat at them through mm. all the hundreds of millions of articles and blogs and social media posts, um, you know, 24 hour news cycles, newspapers, it's it's reached such a saturation point that the the only way to mentally cope with that is put yourself in a firmly defined tribe a very uncompromised with an uncompromising set of ideals is that kind of what you're saying
1: yeah absolutely and there's almost a comfort and a belonging in that and when you pit yourself against the other side it's probably harkens back to just the realities of hunter-gatherer life and a a simpler time Mm. because i suppose our fried brains our fried cpus are craving something like that and but Mm. the, the, the sad part of it is that when you go through into a tribe and go through the initiation the initiation itself is a sacrifice of open and sort of forthright questioning of the beliefs and assumptions that underpin one's worldview you kind of stop introspecting the moment you join the tribe and you just become a part of the group a faceless person within the group mm. and sort of individualism breaks down the moment that initiation into the tribe happens. Individualism is extinguished and replaced with yes. sort of a chauvinistic. Group, identity, group yeah. identity identity politics and this is where it's all come from right and you've just seen the rise of all of these crazy conspiracy theories and all of these fringe groups uh, you know Antifa Um, what was the QAnon, all of this stuff, because I think people are just getting to the point of information saturation Mm. and information saturation literally sort of compromises the circuitry and (laughs) neuroplasticity of your mind to the point of where you just adopt and identify with simplistic narratives Mm. as a way to cope with complexity because it's, it's it's, it's just impossible to compute and fully interpret which it is mm. but, but you, you have to be you, you can't be in the mindset that I need to know everything and understand everything except that there will always be a lot more that you don't understand versus what you do yes that will always be the case no matter how intelligent you are and how good of a memory you have there's always more information out there that you do not know there's always more than you that you don't know than you know
0: obviously of course yeah of course you know everyone has a capacity um and you know however smart you are and I think I think there's so much truth in in all that because we we we're, we're putting ourselves into yeah we're putting ourselves into these sort of um, firmly defined groups as a coping mechanism. This all comes back to conversations we've had in the past about technology, um, or rather the way that technology and all the information that we have now is delivered to us. Move is moving faster. Um, than our own human evolution, um, right?
1: It's almost like the software is going exponentially faster,
0: whilst the wetware has stayed where it always has been yes. for thousands of years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the The wetware is. Don't get me wrong; we're improving. We're always improving and adapting. Um, you know, that's what we do as humans. But and again, this comes back to machine learning. The you know the machines that we've made are sort of Mm. self-learning okay they're in their infancy we're not talking about anything near general ai but you look Mm. at the way the algorithm behavior um dictates the information people people get exposed to Um, you look at the echo chamber effect um, you look at the rise of convenience to levels that we haven't ever seen before Um, i'm not sure that we're actually ready to be exposed to that to the nth degree which which is currently happening and again the coping mechanism what is a coping mechanism you go back to basics you go back to your your camp defined on your identity and you stay there because that's the only way that your brain's able to cope with this insane level of of information and misinformation yeah evolution wasn't prepared for
1: this at all I think evolution works on the timescale of, of millennia, it doesn't work on the timescale of decades. Yeah, eg- exactly, exactly, it's only... That's, the, that's its operating system, yes. I mean, we are not ready for this high level of change over such a short time span, and it, what it is doing is, it's it, it, evolution's frazzled. We were designed for a very different life to the ones mm-hmm. we lead, in terms of information consumption, primarily. Because the rest of it, you sleep where you sleep, you know, all of that, those biological processes tick over, but you start to infringe upon them when I I think information is at the core of it and potentially an overexposure to it and an overexposure to information, ideas, opinions can potentially be a bad thing if you don't have enough time to digest them and build up your own Mm -hmm. worldview in a sort of forthright and nuanced way. You can only build up your worldview with what you've been exposed to and you just iterate it based on more information Mm. and you improve Mm. it with time. Mm. But to sort of identify with one camp on the other and then stick to a, almost a list of ideals and beliefs, I think is quite sad.
0: It's so limiting. It's, um, and again, it's done as a reaction to, the amount, the sheer volume, and, and diversity of opinions and information. Um, but it, it is very limiting. Um, and I don't know, maybe maybe an aspect of all this is is what led Trump to power, because, you know, you had the, the Trump movement, and you had the, the Bernie Sanders movement. Both of them wanted similar things. They both wanted turnover in Washington. Um, but... They were on one was on the very far right one was on the very far left Um, Yeah, and I think even back in 2016 we saw the sort of the 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 rapid forming of those those groups um, those extreme Mm. uh, Groups that that didn't identify with the center ground um, or anywhere in between Um, Mm. And again, this was this still came out of a time where it's so test and learn with the internet um i think i love the way duncan trussell actually talks about um the internet being in its infancy and he compares it to when we first discovered fire and like thinking about mm. all the people that died or were injured trying to understand <laughs> what fire was like oh it's i want to get its energy i'm going to eat it like oh shit like now your face is melting yeah yeah, yeah. like he talks yeah. he talks about that and i think that's that's 100%. so true with and in comparing it to how the internet is now, like we it's a highly unregulated thing. No one really understands what it is, including the people that created it. And it's just metastasizing in different directions. Some of them very, very good directions. And it's enabling insane development and, you know, prosperity and freedom for a lot of people. But it's also it's also got this dark side. And it's that that's what's mm. pushing people into these these groups, um, these tribes really. Yeah,
1: make no mistake, we are guinea pigs in a real-time experiment when you're talking about the internet. <laughs> yeah. And the scary thing is, is there isn't anyone overseeing the experiment.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's no one in the lab There, there are, there like are there were just
1: other guinea pigs looking at it, maybe slightly externally, but they're all
0: ultimately still subject to the same experiment. So there's almost yeah. no third eye. <laughs> yeah, that's it's almost from the bottom up. It's like a bottom up experiment. and you know no one could have predicted to even 20 years ago to what the
1: internet would manifest itself now and social media and the repercussions of it or ultimately and we still don't know we're learning in real time and um you're almost always behind and you always will be behind Mm. Mm. because you can't possibly predict what it will manifest in a year's time Um, and so you're almost always putting out fires and inevitably there will be collateral yeah, inevitably
0: well, I'm see- not
1: sure there's an, another way around it really I think learning in in real time and being subject to a, an experiment you've generated and kind of spooled up and it can't be stopped at this point and you're just kind of subject to what it evolves into mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Inevitably there's gonna, there are going to be significant casualties until we start to maybe strive towards something resembling mastery but I'm not sure
0: you ever get that you just get better at putting out the fires maybe <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think so. I think it's you could go down the regulation path um or perhaps people will become more conscious of its dangers and of its potential um and how to shape that energy into something useful. Um but I think that's going to take a while. I mean, we may be looking at like 40, 50 years or you know, I have no I could never put a, a number on it, but we could be looking at a while until the internet turns into a beast like that, where, whereby we're more shielded from these, these kind of harmful effects of it.
1: Yeah, it's been allowed to evolve unbridled, hasn't it? More or In, less. Rel- until, until probably just a year ago, where we started questioning some of the downsides, particularly around social media, right? Would well, you agree? It, it really has only been the last few years where we've started to look at the potential or even entertain the idea there are downsides to the internet.
0: Yeah, I th- I think so. I think it's taken a few years. Well, it's taken a lot more than a few years. But in the p- in the past couple of years, I think it's more of criticism of the internet has has become more mainstream. Um, okay. Particularly amongst millennials, actually. Um, right, and you yeah.
1: you uh, should we just stick with the fire um, metaphor? Yeah. That you said earlier. I think that was a really interesting one. So, take the example maybe if you're living you know as tribesmen when they first discovered fire potentially they could have burned out vast swathes of habitat and you know crops that were useful and all of that so that's kind of where we are with internet at the moment it's just allowed to spread Mm. completely uncontrolled Mm. and then it was only later many hundreds of years later that we began to master it and use it to our advantage in power stations now in fire places places where they're off there is fire and it's allowed to be con- and it's confined to one space as in we've managed to exert a level of control over it mm. and i i see that very much as the way the internet will go yeah because at the minute it's allowed to just spread unbridled unfettered but we yeah. need to almost exert a level of control like we have done with fire and then you know, it's far more productive than it could ever be. And we have found many new uses for it. Yeah. You know, whether that's boiling water in generators, generating steam and our electricity, or whether that's just, you know, putting some logs in a
0: fireplace. Mm. Yeah. When it's contained and channeled into a particular use, it's been able yeah. to power locomotive engines. It's been able to warm up entire cities or towns. Um, You know it's drive our cars, you know internal combustion engine Well exactly power the industrial revolution create Jobs that up until that point would never have existed and innovations that have got us to where we are today If though however, it'd been unregulated and unmeasured and put into the wrong channels um, Kind of like aspects of the internet now you'd be looking at mass wildfires. You'd be looking at you know mass casualties um, and a, and generally a lack of progress um, across the board, or maybe you'd have progress in tandem with all those casualties because I feel like that's where we're at bringing it back to the internet right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think the um, fire metaphors so apt, isn't it? It's very apt, yes <laughs> indeed. thank God for Duncan Truthel. <laughs> Duncan Tru <Truffle. laughs> <laughs> Jason Capital. I'm so sorry, the audience won't know what the hell we're talking. Jason about. Capital. Anyway. Jason freaking Capital. Callaway. Galloway <laughs> driver. <laughs> you got my
0: 9-iron? Where's my goddamn 9-iron? Nine 9-iron. Nine <laughs> nine iron. Nine iron. Say that fast. 9-iron. Now watch this goddamn drive with my 9-iron. <laughs> <laughs> I leased 10 shoppers today. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> I made over $200,000 in sales today. What are you? it's not about money actually it is a bit about money (laughs) for me it's a little bit about money and that's how much i made (laughs) and for those listening in these are yes they are stepbrother references
1: yes we must have such uh, jovial tangents (laughs) in such a serious subject matter is oh, disgusting, well.
0: and um, it's this this is apt as well because to to deal with the loss, Donald Trump has been apt. Um, he's been out on the golf course. Um,
1: oh, he has, hasn't he? Yeah. No, that's good. I wonder whether someone told him just to leave, or Melania told him to leave the White House because he was becoming an absolute bore. <laughs>
0: well, did you see some of his tweets?
1: Like no, but I thought of the Guardian article. Apparently, Melania's counting the days till divorce. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, somebody um. Someone on Twitter actually I think I think they wrote to Melania saying here's a really useful website that you should now use Um, and it was a link to tinder (laughs) (laughs) Um, Meanwhile trump trump's tweets were insane like there was there was one it was I think it was a day after it had been called And it just said in all capitals. We won this election by a lot (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: You idiot yeah (laughs) Well, it's it's embarrassing. I cringe on his behalf, um, and I think everyone else does, or most people.
0: What what, what I think's bad is that his reaction to this um, actually makes, obviously, him, but his campaign, his party, and actually all the people that voted for him look more foolish. Absolutely. It's um, his worst colours. He's trying, showing his true
1: colours at the minute. As much as is. we could... Even now, actually looking back, maybe he was hiding some of the really bad sides of Trump, but this is unfettered, undiluted Trumpism. And it's, um, it's frankly embarrassing oh, right. to witness. I'm cringing on his behalf. And uh, yeah, I think, like I said, right at the beginning, I said, we could have been forgiven for not knowing what kind of a president he would be in 2016. Uh, because, you know, TV's yeah. TV and you, you're kind of a showman on that. Well, like we said, nothing changed. And I think this is the culmination of it. This denial and this sort of his <laughs> frankly hysteria <laughs> is um is, is is just goes to show what who we, what he really is who he really is and it's it's embarrassing and my god i can't believe we had him for four years or they had him for four years
0: <laughs> well it, it makes the fact that he was in for four years even more insane well, now that he's reacted this yeah, way because if i'm gritting if he'd just my been teeth like...
1: i'm like god was this guy really president oh my god because this is almost the culmination this is the crowning glory of all of the yes. tweets. This is it. This is, he's going out. Oh, yes. It's a great finale. I've got to say
0: it's, a, it's a climax here because he's, he's got, you know, he's, he's posting so many unfounded things and it's, and some of it's all in capitals. You know, a lot of it's not grammatically correct. It's just brilliant. <laughs> it's this, it's this beautiful, the sort of mesmerizing, um, clusterfuck of, of tweets. <laughs> um, and, and all of, all of it is just makes him look more and more like, uh, like an insane person. It's quite
1: entertaining. Um, You've got to look at entertaining sense and sort of say, you know, bu- buckle in. It's the last three months. Uh, Joe's coming in three months, and re- you know, sanity will be restored. Um, yes. And sort of just you know weather this out. But it's um, it's crazy. It's a toddler throwing his toys.
0: Yeah, I think I think there was um, there was an excellent video. Uh, two guys that dressed up as Trump and Biden, and Trump was like on on his bouncy ball in in a in a crash in like a kindergarten crash and biden was pulling him off and trump was going i don't want to go i don't want (laughs) to go you're like grabbing the furniture
1: dragging the table
0: (laughs) yeah like beating his fists on the
1: floor (laughs) (laughs) the sad thing is that's probably not that far from reality
0: (laughs) well people have been saying they're gonna have to drag him kicking and screaming from the white house and um i think I, i do you think he will concede probably a stupid question but do you think he'll concede defeat at any point in the next two months before Biden's inauguration
1: no I think he's too much of a narcissist and a sociopath
0: <laughs> <laughs> well said yeah,
1: yeah I mean we're, we're, in re- we're, we're seeing a narcissist lose his shit in real time and um, yeah. for better for worse he's going to be gone in three months which is um, nice to see especially now we're seeing really how insane he can be if he wants to I think this is the culmination. Let's hope he doesn't I, blow up the world. <laughs> the, the, this is the cherry on top, um, but it, it's a, it's one way to go. It's, it's great. I mean, I'd be disappointed if he didn't do this. But hey ho, he, he's a lame duck at this point, right?
0: Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. It'd be. I'm glad he did this actually, <laughs> because at least it provides us some entertainment and it makes him look like even more of a charlatan.
1: A charlatan. Um, I mean. Yeah, the, the pure entertainment value and the quality of the memes uh, for the next three months is going to be right up there. So if nothing else, that'll be sort of a nice thing to roll into 2021. And then, you know, sanity is restored. Let's talk about Mr. Joe Biden.
0: So, what... Biden, Biden, Biden. Yes.
1: No, go on, Brother Bear. Was that a bit of a no, Hulk no, no. Hogan introduction, WWE? I was trying to go. Yeah, back. I
0: was just you. You go right ahead. I was yeah, I was just sort of hyping him
1: up. It's but... Joe. No, um, Joe. I think <laughs> it's the Beast from the Middle East. <laughs> from Midwest. <laughs> from Midwest, Wisconsin. Joe Biden. No, um, 77 well, I... seventy-seven <laughs> years old, weighing ninety pounds. <laughs> <laughs> God, who would win if they put in a ring? I think Trump.
0: I think Trump would win just by his sheer. He's I mean, he's six foot four, something. and he's
1: oh god, he is, he's very tall, isn't he? Biden's
0: tall too. Biden, I think, is about six two, but he's but uh. Trump's sheer like because Trump is quite overweight. Um, I mm. feel like he just he could maul him pretty much, couldn't he? Yes, he'd steamroller in. <laughs> <laughs> he'd roll himself. <laughs> he'd be doing somersaults. <laughs> <laughs> Pow! Oh, that has to happen. Let's do
1: it. White House line. Ten minutes. Let's go. Right, Come on, lads. Like, Let's make it a nice, clean fight before Joe goes in. <laughs> That'll be the honourable way to go out. He might have to do it. You know, if Trump doesn't want to leave, that might be the way to sort it I out. I think that's how it's going to end. style. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Bare knuckle. <laughs> Bare knuckle boxing on the White House lawn. <laughs>
1: I mean, how much money could he raise for his next campaign? That'd be—I'd watch it. I'd pay a lot of money. I, th- I think
0: that. if he did that, you know, uh, it'd, be, it'd just be the perfect way to project what America's image is to the rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear!
1: It probably won't happen, but let's hope it yeah, will. let's pray. So, so. Joe comes into the White House. What in uh, is he due to arrive at the late January? Yeah, I think it's or February. Uh, no, no, for, uh, January.
0: I think it's twentieth of January actually.
1: Boom, Inauguration Day, and yes. um, that'll be quite a momentous time. I mean, it, what Trump is the only, the second president in the last thirty years, something like that. That's not won a second term. In something the last lo- like oh that.
0: yes, yeah, because he had H.W. Bush and then right. old Bush. I, Old Bush, Daddy Bush, um, <laughs> and then I don't remember the other one. But yeah, t- t- one per- one-term presidency is um, pres- president. is is actually quite rare in in America, relatively rare.
1: Yeah, and that's going to you know rob off badly on his narcissistic personality. You know, he's never ever wanted to be second best, and you know, he's been shown that uh, America has chosen, America has spoken. So um, hopefully, mm-hmm. democracy will out. And come January twentieth, we will have mister Biden sworn in, and he will roll up to the White House and Brother, do you have a sense of what kind of a president he could be? Is he going to be quite a pragmatist, quite a quiet sort of um well, he's definitely establishment, we know that, mm, so he's off 100%. of the establishment cloth and um I suppose it, nothing mad, no fireworks, but quite pedestrian that's my feeling i have i think i don't know yeah. where that's come from, but yes
0: no 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 i th- i th- i think I think that's um that's generally my feelings as well. I mean, he's, he's, he's sort of the anti-Trump in the sense in that he's so establishment. Um, he's, he's been in this sort of arena, the political arena for 47 years. Um, I think when he was an elected official for, I think it was Delaware, he, um, um, he was only 29. So very young. Um, wow, to, yes, to- you're right. He was the youngest congressman at the time. Ah, see I didn't know that. You see I um, did. So there. <laughs> <laughs> so there. Everything you could do, I could do better. <laughs> I know America better than you. <laughs> so so yeah, I think I think he's um he's very much an establishment figure, obviously he's been a vice president, so he he knows the ins and outs of the executive branch as well. Um and he's been on he's been on many committees, particularly involved in in drug um drug related enforcement narcotics boards and things like that so he's seen it all really but i think in terms of his demeanor um and his um his approach i would say that he's quite centrist um i wouldn't say that he is particularly actually left-leaning um looking at his voting record um and i would say what brings me happiness is that he's much less hawkish um than hillary clinton in terms of foreign policy um, yeah. and less interested in in intervention and getting involved in foreign wars than than she was um i think that um i mean i i would have i would have loved for for sanders to have been the nominee but so be it i think i think that kamala harris the little i know about her tells me that she will bring the biden administration perhaps a little more to the left Mm. um and sort of this is kind of young new liberal um ideas uh particularly when it comes to social issues and identity politics looking at her voting record but but yeah generally i'd say quite pedestrian um quite presidential in a way that perhaps obama was or reagan was um but perhaps not as great an orator as either of those presidents um but but generally generally yes i'd say that what's going to be nice um and refreshing um is just to have a bit of stability um and just I, th- I think the the issue with going into america and spending time in america and even watching it as an observer is under trump there was just this constant angst there was this constant anxiety over you know oh what's he gonna do next what's he gonna say next Who's going to be banned from entering next what's going to happen to the economy next? Um, and I think those kind of mini revolutions or whatever you want to call them are uh, Quite useful in their own way, but over a sustained period of time. They're unhealthy. They're unsustainable um, And they they're terrible in terms of contingency planning um, So I think that biden will do away with all that given how pedestrian he is Yeah and i think it sort of fills me with
1: hope that hopefully he will be something of a healer to the divided america that is trump's legacy at the minute and hopefully restores some of that dented middle ground and like you say him being centrist might well he might well be the right person for the job there and yeah yeah and um yeah in kamala harris she sounds like she's got the vigor and sort of energy that maybe biden will be lacking particularly towards the end of that four year first four year term i mean i think we've already seen some signs of um cognitive decline in terms i mean he's look biden's always been known for his gaffes right and his sort of bidenisms mm. but i think if you watch some of the later interviews especially if you compare them to some interviews dead done decades ago there seems to be a trajectory towards decline in terms of his ability to respond succinctly to the point and even just forgetting what he was going to say to the point of where I think Mm. it's difficult just to blame that on um everyday forgetfulness and you know Mm. there is the theorizing as to whether it's something more sinister obviously we can't comment on that until there is evidence one way or the other but I think it is a bit disconcerting um Mm. given that he's sort of in the twilight years of his life and yet about to take up the mantle of POLDUS. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. I I think I think it is concerning. I mean uh, 77 years old um you know it, you're looking at the ages when you should really be sort of bedding down on a a beach or in your retirement cabin and and spending time with family and um you know reflecting on your achievements and experiences not going into the most insane high powered position not leading the world superpower. Um, but definitely there is a concerning um, Indication of cognitive decline beyond perhaps lack of sleep or beyond everyday forgetfulness and um, I think that's uh, hopefully that will be anchored by his running mate to some degree um, But yeah. on your first point though brother bear, I think I think you're right And I don't usually say this because in off in many ways centrist ideas I, I can find them a little bit irritating um as much as i i think there's a need for for sort of moderate pragmatism um i i think actually more than ever america has needed a centrist um yeah i really really believe that i mean you look at the house of representatives and the senate results coming in now and they're just as divided as the presidential results you know Mm. um so i think i think that taking that into account centrist is is going to be really really useful um, for the american people right now and and just the general feeling of what america is and the american experiment and how it next develops
1: yes it's going to be a very interesting chapter a very critical chapter particularly because there's a trifecta of various um factors and unprecedented circumstances coming to a head next mm. early next year and you know we're already in the midst of it. coronavirus a massive economic downturn potentially you know forming into something akin or exactly a depression or something mm. termed or something we haven't seen since the 1930s Um and then add to that the divided America so mm. there's quite a potent mix and I think it does need someone potentially quite dull and middle ground to almost patch up the dents that have been so
0: prominent and sort of exacerbated Through the Trump administration mm. Yeah, I think, I think so I mean, it's, it's all about sens- It's all been about sensationalism And who can say and do The most extreme thing um, And, you know Who can take their Identity politics um, On the left or the right To another extreme degree Of layers, and I think that Having a fairly centrist Politician in power we'll definitely restore some sort of dull and boring you know normality to the situation Um, so for that i'm actually very glad with the candidate they chose even though do i think biden's gonna you know solve do i think he's gonna make america great again no do i think he's gonna help working class people and become more you know basically become masters of their own destiny no but do I think he's going to, as you say, bump out those dents? Yeah, I think I think there's a good chance that he will do that and just restore some some more natural rhythms in, in American politics.
1: Yeah, I think we hope that as much for the United States as just for the world at large. Uh, and, you know, healing divides that have been there for a while, and I'm not sure whether Biden's the right person for that, particularly around China, because there there tends to be a stronger hostility from the Democrats towards Eastern powers. Uh, And so I'm just Mm. a little bit concerned there may be sort of a frosty nature to the already uh, less than ideal situation there, particularly with the trade war. And I hope that doesn't escalate any further than it needs to. And, you know, Russia as well, that's another significant power, although a dwindling one that we, the US needs to contend with. And I think Biden will take quite a staunch stance, not dissimilar to what Hillary would have done.
0: Yeah, I, I I think he definitely has that in him um i think he he could produce some more some better results for like future china relations um uh looking at from a canadian perspective you know i think trudeau and and biden have a fair amount in common i think there's been a lot of issues um you know working with the states regarding tariffs that trump has introduced over the past two years um that's really hampered relations between canada and the us and they're each other's biggest trading partners um so hopefully biden will also loosen some of those restrictions because i do think canada and america have always and should continue to make a great team they're very culturally similar um Mm. and it's not healthy for either nation to start putting in all these tariffs and sanctions um so hopefully biden will relax some of that and i think that will help both countries prosper Um, Mm. and, and just remove some of the acrimony and animosity that the world is feeling towards America right now. Yes, absolutely.
1: And I think I can speak to the overriding feeling of relief when Biden was declared the winner past that critical number of 270. And I just hope that brighter times are ahead because I think 2020, for many reasons, has been a difficult year. Um, not least COVID and the economic downturn that we're seeing. And I just hope 2021, there's, a, there's, a, there's reason to be optimistic. Um, Biden taking the presidency, a tr- potentially a vaccine on the horizon, and mm. just hopefully a step back to what we would term normality would be a welcome change after an, an absolutely chaotic year. Absolutely, a very welcome change.
0: We are all exhausted, I think, in one sense or another, I think so. I think that's the word it's exhaustion, isn't it of the the constant ups and downs and and changes um and I think we need a a restoration of normality, and let's just hope that this vaccine comes um soon after or around the time that that Biden takes the stage yeah um, because that will be yet another step towards you know restoring life to to what it once was. Absolutely. So let's get out the banners. Let's get Joe on the pedestal.
1: Let's get him out there. Let's get the new lick of paint on the White House. Let get things
0: back to normality. Give him his, give him his Zimmer frame. Let him, <laughs> <laughs> let him get back into the Oval Office. Let it, let him decorate it. As he sees fit. And let's get this bloody new administration going. Let's get the new administration going.
1: America first, world first, collaboration, space and the moon and Mars and beyond. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for yes. joining us for another brilliant podcast. Uh, I enjoyed that. Brotherly Bear, thank you so much for joining me on the election journey and the reaction live from Canada and London. Thank you very much, Brotherly Bear. Thank you, guys. Take care. Over and out. P-p-pow!